On today's episode of Gathering the Kings. That's the thing that's left out of the school system in this day and age is how to make money. It's our responsibility to make money for our families, but then also to teach our kids how to continue that growth. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, everybody. I'm Chaz Wolf. Back to you here today. Paul Harmeyer at the King Stage. Welcome, brother. How are you? Thanks. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We were just kind of talking off offline here for a half second. You said you got to go to an event over the weekend, and we were kind of hashing out the word scaling and more. And I feel like guys like you and I are always after it. But I got a question for you here in a second. After you tell me, what kind of business are you in? What are you up to? What brings you to the King Stage? Cool. Yeah. So back in 2017, I started a dental supply company. So it's called Alliance Dental Solutions. We specialize in CBCT is what we really started selling. So the head scan, things like that, panos. And from there, we've just we've started selling some other products as well. We've got five different CBCT brands and intro sanders, 3D printers, you know, the whole nine for, for dentists. Love it. Love it. Okay. And your uh, side real estate mogul. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. So my story is a little different than the norm, but it started single family houses like everybody else. And the market crashed 2007, 2008, got out of it. And that's when I got into dental sales, to be honest. Like somebody was like, hey, I was like, I need a job. They're like, yeah, we can get you a job selling dental. Like, I don't know anything about dental. I'm like, oh, we'll right. train you. I was like, all right, cool. So got in, got trained. And then here I still am running my own business down the road, right? It's like yeah. sort of take the, take the pieces away from the places I was working going, hey, I think I could do this better. I could do that better. And yeah, I started steering that that ship, and then a couple of years ago, got an itch to get back into real estate, and said I don't want to do single family. So here we are buying multifamily real estate. Huh. I love it. I love it. We're going to definitely dive into that, but before we do, to kind of pick up where I started the started the the call here, when we talk about more or like why you're still pressing, the fact that you could have just kept working for that company, but you started your own, and you had the itch to get back into real estate, and you wanted to have more and more and more. Yep. My question is why. Why are you still pushing? So creating legacy wealth. Obviously, I have a family, I have kids. So, but you know, it's it's taking them, showing them how to do it as well. So even when I'm like real estate, my son's 22. So I'm trying to get him more into real estate, analyzing the deals with us so that he can sort of see too, like how to make money. And that's the thing that's left out of the school system in this day and age is how to make money. It's our responsibility to make money for our families, but then also to teach our kids how to continue that growth. Uh, I love that. Why do you think that at this stage, that's so important to you? Is it, is it your son specifically, or is it, are you thinking generations ahead? Like what, where's the, where's the tug point for you that you're thinking about constantly? It's just, it's the whole thing, right? So it's, it's my son, it's, it's his kids. Cause he already has a kid. Wow. You know, so it's, yeah. it's teaching them and then he can pass down the knowledge and everything to his kids. Same with my daughters. My daughters are a little younger than him. I started over. So I've got a nine and a 12 year old, but it, it's teaching them the right way too, right? It's not having to struggle for anything, right? It's trying to get them to where they, they have the discipline to, to keep pushing. 
first yeah. year. Exactly. I'm just like, when you said your son has a child, I just like the generations are before you. Like you can literally see, see it. Yep. Yeah, dude, that must be super powerful for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like, then you see your grandkids and you're like, Hey, let me, this is going to continue, right? My kids, hopefully my daughters have kids and you want to be able to leave something for them. And you envision, for at least for me, I envision the big house on the beach as I get older and retire and them coming to visit and that right. type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love legacy. That's a huge push factor for me as well, but to, but to see it right in front of you would almost, I think would almost like hit my urgency button of like, Oh crap, here, here it is. I gotta, I gotta go faster. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I gotcha. Yeah, for sure. My kids are about the same age as your daughters. I'm eight, six and, and some youngers, but I'm already feeling like I'm behind, which is hilarious because guys like you and me, I think we're behind. But the reality of it is, is that we've done something super unique and special. So I want to dive into that because you have done something unique, you know, in the marketplace with, with the size of business that you have. And so tell us the story a little bit about how you got started with your specific dental company, because you you said you were working for somebody else. How did that transition from working for somebody else to doing your own thing? So that transition was a little bit different. So it was used to be Kodak Dental. They got bought out. It was CareStream Health. 2017, they said, hey, we're restructuring a department. And they got rid of like 10 of us, right? All the 10 people that they got rid of were over 40 years old. We were all six-figure earners. And then literally within like a month, month and a half, you see the ad up. Hey, we're looking to hire. That obviously was less pay than we were getting. So it's like you didn't change the department. You just wanted to push out the people you felt were making too much to bring in some younger talent that you could pay less to. So at that point in 2017, I had a buddy of mine that I used to work with at CareStream that went and worked for a company called Ray America. It was, there was a subsidiary of Samsung back then. Okay. Started talking to him. I was like, I need to go. I want to start my own business. Do you think you can help me out? 2017, he was like, yeah, I'll give you a shot. And gave me a, a shot to, to start distributing their products. And yep. that year we came out the gate and said, I think it was September-ish is when we really started the company. And I think even that year we finished at their top four wow. of sales. We just pushed, pushed, pushed the whole, I mean, Q4 is always busy for us in the dental industry. It's the busiest time yep. of year. So yeah. just pushed and killed it and then kept doing it and just grew our product line from there. Wow. And so do you think at that level uh, or that moment, especially saying he gave you a chance and you ended up in the top four, was that because you had to like survival or was that like to prove something like you got rid of me, but I can do my own thing. Like what, what was the reason that you pressed it was to so prove to prove? Yeah. To prove to them, like, Hey, I want to be your competition. I want right. to, even if I, I don't get to the billion dollars love levels, like they are at least just stealing deals from them. Right. Like, Hey, we're up against the same deal. I won that deal away from you as sort of that instant gratification. Uh-huh. Plus, I mean, when, when we left, I took, about 10 of the guys with me. I actually, I think I had eight of the 10 came with me and I was like, Hey, let's go kick their butts. Right. Let's, let's start something different. Right. And uh, I mean, I think I've got like one that still helps me out from time to time, but they all sort over the years have gone their different directions. But at that point, everybody's like, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's, let's see what we can do. Let's go up against them. So. Interesting. And, and where do you think inside of you that that comes from that, that innate, like, let's go, let's go compete. Like that come from sports from before or the way that you were raised. Like, how do you think that 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 was your initial fight response? I think it was, it's just from sports, right? It's always, it's always been push, right? I mean, in sports, I was, I I didn't like to lose. I still don't like to lose in anything that I do. So I'm very competitive, which I think a lot of us entrepreneurs are. 
Yeah. I mean, you hear the same story amongst entrepreneurs, like growing up, like I had like a learning disability. I did special ed classes in, in, in school when I was in elementary school and things like that. Right. right? Wow. So a lot of us entrepreneurs that, you know, ADHD and it runs, it sort of runs through our, our bloodstream. It seems like, cause you talk to a lot of people like, dude, I barely got through high school, which is sort of the same story for me. I hear a lot of other entrepreneurs say the same thing, barely made it through high school. Yep. And it's, I think it's because we're the underdogs for so long growing up, even like as educational wise and everything else that it automatically forces you to want to be the best and sort of prove yourself. Right. Right. So I think it came from, from really young on. I mean, I started a backyard pool company when I was 18 years old, which most people at 18 are not even thinking that way. Right. So, and so I guess take us back there for just a half second. Was that out of like creative or like, like creative flow of 18 years old? I want to make money. Or was that out of I came from a poor family and so I had to, to survive. Like what was, what was the, what were you thinking then? We were middle-class, but it was, I wanted to make money. Right. It was, I think for us. So I grew up, the school that I went to the high school was, it was more like the middle-class society. And then there was a high school right on the corner that I still had some friends that went to, but that was more the upper class. Right. So you'd have the dads that owned the Dodge dealership around the corner, or they were the kids that were driving to school with their daddy bought them a brand new BMW M3 or whatever it was, right? They had the money. So seeing that side of it and the nicer houses with the pools in the backyard, so the neighborhood pool, things like that, right? That was right. a driving force. You saw it, you wanted it. And then I started lifeguarding when I was like 16, which was a great summer job. Anybody out there yep. should do that. Right. And then, so there I learned how to clean pools and do stuff. So at 18, I was like, well, let me just go do this on my own. Why not? I've already got friends that already have the pools in their backyards, already know how to do it. So let's, let's go after yeah. it. So That's awesome. Man. I love that. It's funny as you were kind of just sharing there about your perspective of being a kid and, and wanting more and the underdog, like all that resonates. I think it resonates with the listener. I mean, if it doesn't, then like, <laughs> hang up the, the business belt right now. But for me specifically, I remember a time I was, oh, I had just gotten married. So maybe 20, maybe I wasn't even married yet. I think I was maybe 19, 20, right around there. Right. And my wife's grandma totally adored me, just loved me, like walked on my arm down to church. Gotcha. That type, of, type right. of thing, right? <laughs> and uh, when she found out that I was not, not only had I dropped out of college, but that I had no intentions of finishing it was like just this huge thing about, oh, you won't be successful and just, you know, just yeah. blah, 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 blah. You know? So it's funny. Yeah. I don't necessarily think about that every day, but that's what came to my mind when, yeah. when you were saying that of like, who are you to say that exactly. I won't be successful because of a degree or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of funny. I was talking to somebody the other day and they brought up the fact of uh, just business owners. Like you, when you look at a lot of the entrepreneurs, especially the successful ones, it's like, even if you weren't diagnosed with ADHD, or even when you're a kid, you didn't have ADHD, being in a business where you have to think on a dime and change the trajectory of your day in a heartbeat yep, yep. makes you almost have ADHD. Even if you didn't <laughs> have it before you became an entrepreneur, it's pretty funny, but it's the reality of it, right? Because you got to be yeah. able to shift and multitask so much. It's almost like, yeah. it's just, it's wild. It is wild. And I think that it, it's the skill set that we all need. At the same time, too, I think once you finally get to a place where you've got the resources to be able to put people in place, then it's almost like a, a, an unwinding of that. And that's that's mm -hmm. where I find myself a lot now, which is like I'm I've I've been in the grind. I've I've worn the multiple hats. I've I've had the ADD for so long that I almost like right. began to love it. 
began right. to love the the craziness, the stress, the chaos, the going three, yep. 13 different directions at once yep. to where really to, to like scale up beyond that, you've got to start and you hand out and you hand things off and you, and you uh-huh. have key roles and key people. So you have to like have that, but then like make it through that, Yep. which is, man, I think I, I would have been stuck there forever if I hadn't started to like peel things away. You know what I mean? That's the hardest part, I think, is delegating, right? Because as an entrepreneur, you always think, oh, I can do it better, faster, quicker. Yeah. Versus and you, trying and, to teach somebody. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because it, it's, a, like you said, immediate gratification of right now it's done, better, faster, stronger right now, as opposed to creating the system to where you don't have to. Right. And that long term is better, faster, stronger. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because you don't get it's it's the compound effect of the time and you start realizing that the time is is the most important piece. So I'm loving your story, man. It's it's resonating. I, I think that the listeners are going to get a whole bunch here. I want to transition the conversation to a good decision that you made coming up in your dental business. Of course, we could go back to your fix and flip stuff before the before the recession as well, if you'd like. But I want to know a good decision that you made that just was like boom, you would do this over and over and over again. We should be writing it down, taking notes. What was that? I think it's just, it's just in general, like with the real estate, especially, right? I mean, I started flipping houses. I started wholesaling them. And it was like that first, I remember that first check I got when I wholesaled a property, right? Put it under contract, turned it out in a month, found another investor, made like 10 grand. I was like, dude, I was like 10,000 bucks for a couple hours worth of work. Why would you not just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, right? And so I started doing that. And then that's when 2007, 2008, nobody was buying everything. Everybody lost their shirts. Yeah. So then it was like hit the reboot. But I mean, wholesaling, I mean, if, if you don't know anything about real estate, I highly suggest getting into like wholesaling houses and just learning that way, right? Find somebody, put yourself in that room with people. Networking is huge. And without it, I, I wouldn't even be where I'm at today. I don't think without networking, right? It's, oh. it's who's your inner circle. It's, and it's, it's finding that person that is doing what you want to do and then just paying them or holding need to hold your hand if you need to. Yeah. To get yeah, exactly. I love that perspective of, of being willing to do that. So there are several good decisions here. I want to pull them out just for the listener. I heard getting around the right people. I heard learning something and pressing in when it works. Mm-hmm. Is there like, I think that principle right there of when you find something that works and repeating it, Yep. <laughs> it seems so simple, but so many entrepreneurs, I think, miss it where they've tried something at work, then they're so almost addicted, like you said earlier, of trying the next new thing or the new shiny thing, object syndrome, where they literally won't repeat what has gotten them clients or gotten success with their delivery or whatever. And so how have you been able to hold on to that, that, that nugget, that principle, if you will? I think it's like, like you said, it's you have to hone in on it, right? So on my calendar, on a daily schedule, like even on my calendar, I carve out whatever needs to be done. If it's, if I know I've got appointments that I need to call or, or doctors that I need to call, you know, it's, it's getting up, it's, it's having that on the calendar and it's taking that time out of the day to do it, right? Everybody says it's like, eat the frog. I don't know if you've ever heard mm-hmm. that term yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. But it's like, even if you don't want to do something, if it's gotten you to where you're at, eat that frog, still do it on a daily basis and still make sure that you're following that principle, right? I mean, it's like, oh man, everybody hates cold calling. Everybody hates doing stuff. Well, I mean, if you're just starting out on a business, especially if you're not scaled, like we were talking about, it's you. You're the person that has to eat that frog every day. And if you, whatever the worst thing is, if it's doing emails, make sure you knock that out. 
continuously do it, that's the only way you're going to get to the next level where you can get past having to do what you don't want to do. Yeah. Because then you can scale and hire the people to do what you don't want to do. Yeah. It's funny. I was just this morning, my team was asking me some questions that I could create for some content and stuff. And one of the questions was, when did I start valuing my morning routine? And my response was kind of similar to you. It wasn't like I decided like, okay, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to read and pray and work out and all these things so that I'll be successful. It was actually the reverse. I filled the calendar, like what you're saying, so freaking full of activities and things to press the businesses forward that I had no time. <laughs> that no if choice. I wanted some time to myself, I, if I wanted to read or get some, get some quiet time or work out, like it was going to have to be between five and 7 a.m., especially before the kids yep. got up, you know? Agreed. So I think, I think that's the, what I'm hearing you say is the, uh, a huge piece there, which is, yeah, of course, eat the frog, but put it on the calendar, freaking fill it. As much fill as you full. can. Yeah. Love that. Okay. What about a bad decision? Well, let's flip the coin here. Let's talk about just a huge mistake that we can stay far, far away from. So I bought a company. This was 20, end of 2016, beginning of 2017. This is right before I did the dental thing. Okay. Construction company, property preservation for the guy, listeners that don't know what that is. It's basically there are certain companies that are like the middleman, but they work for the banks. So if there's a foreclosure, you might meet the sheriff on site to evict somebody, change out the locks. And then what you do is you do a punch list of all the items that need to be done to that house so that they can turn around and resell it. it. So I went in, I bought this company for, I mean, that was the first company I'd ever bought really, to be honest with you. I'd always ever started anything myself. I bought it for 1.3 million. Okay. And I went through a bunch of different lenders, came out like 45,000 out of pocket to buy it. Wow. Got into it. And the percentages and everything that it looked like was coming in on the side, it looked like there was four big major clients and they're all doing about 25%. Well, by the time the sale had gone through and we actually closed on it, Uh well, that it had gotten to where it was like 70 to 80%, one client giving you all the business. So started working, working the business like you normally would when you buy a company and then started realizing this, well, that company is a multi-billion dollar company and they started it's supposed to be net 30 paying at 30 turned into net 60 and at 90. And you've got all this money that we've out outlaid for materials, all this money that we've outlaid for labor. our employees, for salaries, labor, everything like that. Mm-hmm. So ultimately within two years of me buying this company, we shut the doors because they had a huge debt. And if they're giving you all your business, what are you going to do? You can't keep working for them and, and making that debt get bigger, bigger, bigger. So we ultimately shut down the doors and that was a, SBA loan owed to bank still like $600,000 and yeah, just crazy. Right. I mean, it sort of puts your, puts everything into perspective. So that business failed. And uh, luckily I had my dental business to sort of fall back on, but it's still, you're wiping the dirt off yourself and yeah. sort of have to reevaluate. Like where, where do I want to go? I need to spend all my energy now on the dental, even though I had business partners in that, that were helping to run that business. Like now I need to focus all my time on that and try to go and, and take that to the next level. Cause what I thought was going to take me to the next level backfired. Right. So, yeah. How did you decide in that moment to like between the dental business and that one to like really press into, cause I'm sure on the other side, I'm sure that you could have spent time drumming up some other contracts or maybe going back to those other folks, but it just sounds like you just decided it would be better to, you know, all in over here. So what, what was that factor? Like, how did you determine that? Well, I think it was that going like for me as a salesperson, picking up a phone and calling a dental office versus 
me trying to run that business. And I mean, I was running, running, running. I never saw my kids. It was sun up to sundown out on the road driving. We had multiple different States. So I was constantly traveling and right. it was, it was mainly children's based, right? Like call my kids. Hey, you're not going to be home again, dad. Like almost like mm-hmm. I had let them down because they hadn't seen me in four days in a row, five days in a row, whatever it was. And yeah. at that point I was like, look, I can sit there and call dental offices from home. Yes, I want to take my business to the next level. Yes, I want to make millions of dollars, but is it worth my family and my kids suffering because I'm not there? Yeah. yeah. So I had and to make that no. mental shift. And the answer was no, like for, for no amount of money, is it worth it for me? Yeah. Well, I mean, so. that was the first question I asked you is why are you doing this still even? And you said, my son, my grandchildren, my, my daughters, yeah. like that was the answer. So yeah, it makes perfect sense that you would be able to transition. I love, I love the perspective here that I want to just point out for the listener is that you said that the business failed, but really you chose your family. Chose. Yeah. 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 Because you could have pressed in. Oh, I could have pressed in. Yeah. More time, more energy, probably more money. And it probably would have eventually been just fine. Sure. Sure. Cause that's, that's what I've learned in, in starting purchasing and even closing a couple of businesses myself is that time and money, like, is if you got, and if you got both of them and energy, then, then something eventually is going to work. Yeah, for sure. But I love the perspective that you put through the lens of, nope, not going to do it. And yeah. it's the, the trajectory of that is not worth it for me. And so, yeah, it costs you a lot of money, but pressing in, spending the time while you're pressing into the dental business with your family. I'm sure that lifestyle has been as good, if not 10 times better, just because you dialed in. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I love that, man. Okay. So what, what process do you have now, now that you've kind of had this crazy experience of real estate and the recession and buying this crazy business and it not working out so well. And, and then now in the dental field, now back into real estate on the multifamily side, like you got all this experience. How do you make decisions now? Or is there a process that you follow to try to make good decisions? I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a prospect because every opportunity is different, is right? I mean, if you look at a real estate deal, none of them are cookie cutter, right? That's right. But the process is more or less just, we, we analyze all the deals in real estate. We try to figure out what's, what's the best way to, to go into them and approach them. Yeah. Same with my dental business. I mean, I just brought on a guy, one of my buddies, Jim. I'd worked with him for years when I first got into dental. He wasn't working. I was like, Hey, I could use some help here. Like, I know where I want to take you to, you know, what position I want to put you in, but first let's start here and just figure it out. Make sure that you, it's something you want to do. Right. Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's like a puzzle, man. It's like a chess piece. Every business you ever run is like a chess piece, right? It's trying to strategically place your pieces to win, to win the game. Yeah. And I think that's, that's sort of my philosophy is just Figuring it out, digging in, figuring out who's the best role for whatever it is, whichever company it is. If it's real right. estate, I mean, we got guys that all they do is analyze deals. And then, right. so we don't have, to, I don't have to do it anymore. Huh? Right. And then like my buddy, Jim, it's, I've already got an idea of where I want to put them. It's just figuring it out, making sure it works. Yeah, and exactly. You, know, you want to sort of place, place people around you that you feel will help you to grow. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love obviously the the placing and and being able to put people in the right seat and that type of a thing. I love what you said there. You didn't say it exactly, but I, I heard you underneath, which was for the collective. Like you're trying to grow, but you you like I could even tell like when you said it, my buddy Jim, like I could tell the affection in your tone towards your buddy Jim mm-hmm. uh, that he's obviously close to you and that you guys have a good relationship. But when you put people in place, not just for your benefit, but for the collective. 
that's when I've seen just relationship business. Like it, 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 it goes to a whole nother level because it's not just like, let me, let me try to win. Yep. Right. It's how can I put people in the right place that so we can each use the skill sets that we're given so that we collectively win. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather take a small piece of a lot than a large piece of one thing. That's right. How do you think that, I mean, cause entrepreneurs don't necessarily think like that, right? Cause, cause if we go back to both you and I, kind of having that chip on our shoulder, right? Like we want the hundred percent because it, it, right. like, it proves us as men, as, as providers, as we got that chip on our shoulder, we're going to go prove somebody wrong that we can do it. But at some point there's that transition to where it's like, yeah, that's all good. But like, I want a smaller piece of a much larger pie. How did you come to that recognition? Yeah, honest, I think the biggest thing was real estate that made me realize that, right? It's when, when I go back to real estate, it's, especially in multifamilies. I mean, multifamily is like, I need you in my deals. I need, you need me in your deals or whatever it is, right? Because it's a right. team effort. And single family might be an I thing, but multifamily, you're talking about so much money and to get into a deal and then so much management and different things when you get into the deal right. that it becomes a, a team sport, right? And it's the same thing as a baseball game, right? I mean, you look at a baseball game and there's not just one person that wins the game. It's you have yeah. to have a bunch of different pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. Grant Cardone said yesterday, something he's funny guys, but Grant was saying, uh, he was talking about scaling and he goes, I mean, look at Jesus. He even walked out with 12 people. It wasn't just himself. <laughs> that, that's a great, that's a great point. And those 12 had led to many more. Um, right. Wow. Yeah. I think that's great perspective to have, which is you go, if uh, what's, what's the old saying? Like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, go, go with the team. And so if you have, if you have short-term perspective, if you're just trying to get rich today, if you're just trying to take care of number one, sure, go take care of number one. But I just don't, uh, what, what I'm hearing you say is that it doesn't last that long. It doesn't last. Mm -mm. Yeah. And you'll get burnt out if you're trying to do it all on your own. Spread the wealth around. Yeah. Which in return actually makes the pie bigger. That's, that's oh, what much people, bigger. That, that's yeah. what the entrepreneur right now listening right now, they're thinking, but if I, but if I go hire someone else, I'm only making, because we know as entrepreneurs, we don't really, I mean, we're making a bunch of money, but not really, you know, right, right. <laughs> especially, yeah. especially in the building stages. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, I'm only making this. And so I'm going to, I'm going to give that away to someone else so that they can do something that I'm fully capable of. I mean, what are you telling me to do here, Paul? Yep. Yeah. No, it's a hard decision to make. It really is. I mean, as long as you got the food on your table and a roof over your head, right? I mean. Obviously, don't take that away from your family. But if you've got if you got that, then it's it's being able, like you said, like replace yourself so that way you can focus on other resources, other opportunities that might come your way. Yeah. And what happens is people put those blinders on, right? I'm only focused on my dental business. I can't focus on anything else. Right. But then all these other opportunities are just passing you by, right? And it's because you don't have that hired help so that you can open up your mind to other opportunities. Yeah. To, to make the pie bigger. And that's how it happens. Exactly. Is that the guy is focused on the, the, the dental practice or he's on the job site or he's working with a marketing client, whatever, whatever he's doing, that's keeping him from being able to hit the next opportunity, not shiny object syndrome necessarily, right. but whether it's passively investing in, in real estate with a guy like you, or whether it's being able to find a problem that we're encountering that I can solve with an ancillary business to my business. Mm -hmm. But you don't, you're not open to those things. If you can't, uh, if you're stuck in the daily. 
in the X's yeah. and the O's. So, yeah. okay. I've got, uh, I've got some speed round questions here for you, Paul. You ready? Let's do it. Change the pace here a little bit. I want one word answers if possible. First question is this in your real estate and or dental business, because we're going to go high level here. What's the one metric that you would choose to track if you could only pick one? Marketing. It's got to be marketing. Okay. And what is like, how would you track that or what specifically in that are you tracking? It's, it's got to be your success from the marketing campaigns that you're putting out there. If you're not getting success and you're not getting sales from the marketing dollars that you're spending, then you're just wasting money. Yeah. Pipeline's empty. There is no business. Yep. That's what I'm hearing you say. Okay. If you were to recommend a book for a six figure business owner, specifically wanting to scale up, what would you recommend? Got a few here. Got it right uh, here. Extreme, extreme ownership. ownership. It's a great one. It makes you think a, a little bit different than the average person. That's right. What what's your what's your one takeaway from that? I know that'd be kind of hard to nail one, but what's your what's your major takeaway for the listener on that? Hmm. There's so many good ones in that book. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just ownership, right? I mean, if you screw up something, be the first one to admit it, right? It's it's Again, it's extreme ownership. So you got to own up if you if you screw up instead of trying to blame it on somebody else or the economy or whatever it is. I mean, ultimately, every decision that's made in your business or your personal life boils down to that decision that you made. Yeah, yeah. And how can you take ownership if you don't take ownership of the process of making decisions? <laughs> exactly. Which is what we just got done talking about. So <laughs> thank you. Full circle. Giving, full circle, man. 100%. How can you win if you don't know how to make good decisions or own them for that matter? Love it. Okay. Do you network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Network all the time. Okay. Why? You don't know what the next person that you're going to meet has in common with you that can help you to even skill whatever you're trying to accomplish bigger or what level they're at. Right. So you just go, you go to events like yesterday, just shaking random hands, trying to figure out who knows what or... That seems yeah. a little, Meet, seems a little meeting aimless. people, huh? Meet, meeting people, talking to them, networking yeah. with them. How can I help you? How can you help me? I've okay. got another buddy of mine that runs a thing called CCC. He's opening them all over. If you're into real estate or construction at all, check out CCC. He's got one here in Atlanta, Orlando, Tampa, okay, Phoenix. They're opening them up all over. So that's awesome. Okay. Big event. Usually about hundred to 200 people that you can network with. There you go. And uh, next question, if you only had one hour each week to work on your business or to successfully run your business like you do now, if you had to dwindle it all down to just one hour in a week, what would you do in that hour to successfully run your business like you do now? Train the next me. How would you do that? You'd have to, you'd have to have them sit either on a Zoom or sit right next to you, depending on what, what your work environment is, and just train them on everything that you've been doing, right? Yeah. So each week you spend an hour with them, training them how to market, how to make the decisions, how to purchase and the whole, the whole step, how to run your business, basically try to try to work yourself out of the job. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Okay. And last question, Paul, if you lost it all, what would you do, man? Start from scratch. I'd go back to my real estate days of wholesaling. Really? Okay. That'd be your, I think that'd be would, your go-to. I think that would be my go-to. It's quick money, right? Yep. I mean, if, if you, if you lost everything and you need quick money and make, 5,000, 10,000 bucks a pop to wholesale a deal. And, right. and you just, you take that money and then you can grow it and you can start buying your own multifamily, whatever it is down the road from there. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I didn't hear you say you would 
stop or roll over or pout. No, no, you can't, man. I mean, come on. Are you sure? But, but, but you'd be so tired. You'd, oh, it'd just be, it'd be so hard, Paul. Why not? That's, that's, the, that's the thing, right? I mean, how many times I've had so many times people go like, when are you going to retire? What's your goals for retirement? Why yeah. retire? If you love what you do and you love the game of business, why would you ever retire? Yeah. 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 You said it earlier, kind of referencing it to a chess game. And it's like, if that's all we're doing is playing a game, why, why, why am I looking to end? Right. I mean, unless I have to stop playing, if I'm good at playing and I keep winning, because I don't know about you, winning is like addictive. Oh, it's for sure. For sure. I like winning. Yeah. I mean, last year, well, at the end of 2020, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer that had spread to my abdomen. Wow. Last year, I went through four months of chemo, January, February, March, April. And even during that time, I found myself like sitting at home feeling like shit sometimes after chemo, but still had that itch and that drive. Like, I got to do something. I can't just sit here. Right. Right. So like people are like, dude, you inspired me because you kept working. I was like, yeah, but what else am I going to do? Right. I'm just going to stop. Like, right. That makes you feel crappier when you stop. It really does. Like, especially if like you're in a chemo situation or where you still can work, like right. just laying there makes you feel worse than if yeah. you're actually involved doing something. So yeah. Body in motion stays in motion. I love exactly. um, the mindset there. And dude, wow. What an incredible like overcoming. What a, what a, I'm sure a testing time. Do you have, oh, do you sure. have like, okay, bro, you saved the good for last. I got to like, I got to like rewind this whole <laughs> call to talk about the good stuff, man. I'm going to have to preface in the intro now that they got to wait all the way to the end for the good stuff. No, but in all seriousness, bro, those four months, like what, what did you walk away out of that four months knowing outside of what you just kind of said, like that you didn't have before? Like, what did that experience give you that you just, that I'm, I don't have because I haven't been through it. Think bigger, think bigger, grow faster. And how did sitting, getting chemo, like how did that, how did, how did that translate to think bigger and 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 go faster? I think it's good just because you're sitting there and all you're you're just sitting, going, okay, like there's nothing that like, you can do. Sometimes there's I couldn't do anything. I didn't want to talk. Like going through the chemo, I had blisters in my mouth. Dang. Like they call it, they call it burns in your mouth. So you're like you don't really want to talk because your mouth just hurts all the time. You don't want to. Eat, you don't really do anything. But during that time, it was like, okay, well, I was still grinding, but I was more of like, instead of having an entrepreneur in a company, I had like one business partner in myself at that time. Mm. So it was, I'm still doing the everyday grind and I'm still trying to make income and still trying to make sales and still worried about running the company, the bills that are coming in and everything else. But if I could grow and I was already at that stage, you wouldn't have to worry about those struggles because now you've got people running your business for you. Now you've got right. money sitting in the bank because you're, you're at the next tier. Right. I mean, yeah. As Grant Cardone says, there's different phases, right? Are you at that 1 million to the 5 million stage, that five to 10 million stage. Right. And we were sort of sitting at that one and a half to 2 million stage, which mm -hmm. I mean, this year we're, we'll, we'll be a little over that. Like we didn't 10 X it. We're going to do 5 million this year or something like that, but yeah. we'll, um, we're definitely growing, right? We're trying to grow 30% this year, which we should be able to accomplish. So, yeah, that's awesome. I think that you, you hit the nail on the head, <clears throat> especially for the listener, because that's what they're dealing with right now. Even though you were at the million, million and a half at what you're, what you're describing, it's the beginning <clears throat> of what I call the King stage uh, is at the beginning of that seven figures. 
And really until you get there, you don't have enough resources because you're in the daily grind. Mm-hmm. You're, you're wearing too many hats, all of these things where, you know, that moment in time, whether it's cancer or whether it's a, an accident or whether it's something's happened in the family or you need to do something else outside, you, you either can't or everything stops or shuts down because you can't. be in the business. And so I think that's huge perspective, especially even at that level for someone who's listening today going, if I got to seven figures, everything would be fine. And it's like, okay, well, maybe it might be better, but really the press now is for you is, okay, we got enough resources. Now we're trying to grow enough to where we've got the right people in place. Uh They got the support that they need, the revenues coming in automatically. And you have all these systems in place where it can continue to grow minus your, your energy and time. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. And so I guess I would just employ the listener to think if, if Paul can do it, you can do it. If Chaz can do it, you can do it. Because yeah. we, we can both right now, I'm sure, think back to that moment when we weren't quite yet seven figures. And it was like, I was in everything. Yeah. Or like you said, I had like, you couldn't make a phone call to get the next deal because your mouth was sore. And it's like, man, that's not the place you need that you, as an entrepreneur, that's, yeah. that's, that's being self employed. Yeah, that's not a exactly. business system. Yep. And that's what everybody Good. wants, right? Go for the business system. Don't be the, the self-employed. You're exactly. just having a job if you're self-employed. Man, so powerful. If somebody related with you to here today, Paul, or they want to do a deal with you, how can they find you on social media or your website? How can they find you? So you can go to Facebook, facebook.obviously.com and just look up Paul Harmeyer. Last name is H-A-R-M as in Mary, E-Y-E-R. Or you can go to LinkedIn, look up my name or Alliance Dental Solutions is our user for Instagram. There you go. You've heard it first here. Paul, dude, I just, I love the story, the up and down. I think it's true to most entrepreneurs, but man, the way that you shared it, not only have I been inspired, but I'm sure many, many people on the other side of the the mic have been inspired here today as well. So thank you for that. Super valuable. We appreciate it and wish you nothing but success, obviously in your dental business, but bro, we got to do a deal in real estate. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.